I'm excited to dive into this hot off the press rebranding that I led for a Boston area choral ensemble where we identified a meaningful purpose that their target audience shared and centered the entire rebranding around this purpose. Welcome to Pivot, the podcast that's dedicated to reversing audience decline through customer-centric innovation. I'm Ruth Hart. This choral ensemble called the Seraphim Singers is a group that offers exquisite performances of sacred choral music led by their brilliant director, Jennifer Lester. And I have fond memories of singing with the Seraphim Singers in the early 2000s when I first came to the Boston area. So when their board reached out to see if I would be interested in helping them out with this audience development project, it was an easy yes for me. The age old question, how do we grow and diversify our audiences, particularly for classical music? And also how do we reclaim our relevance in today's world? So. Nina Simon, one of my heroes, would say, it is our responsibility to create that relevance. She says, relevance is an exercise in empathy. And Priya Parker would say, the best way to do this is to identify a meaningful purpose, to look for a need in your community that you are best positioned to address. And Clayton Christensen would agree in his book, competing against luck, he wrote, unless you understand the full context in which your customers are making a choice to hire your product or service, you will be unlikely to create the right offering for them. And when he says context, he does not mean demographic data because this lovable chap, King Charles, shares the same demographic data as this other lovable chap, good old Ozzy Osbourne, but does that mean that they're going to be motivated to buy the same products or services or cultural tickets? No, they do not share the same functional needs, social context, or emotional context. Okay, so here's a quick dive into jobs to be done theory. Why do consumers buy products or services for cultural tickets? What motivates consumers to make a purchase? We buy not because of who we are, not because of our age, our ethnicity, our income level, our past purchasing habits. We buy because of who we want to become. We buy because of what we want our world to become, what, our, what we want our life to become. So in other words, we are pulling products or services or cultural tickets into our lives or hiring these things to help us make progress on something in our life, to solve a problem, to fulfill an aspiration in a particular set of circumstances. Uh, and that progress that we're trying to make is called our job to be done in business theory language. And this is such a game-changing perspective for marketers in any sector because it reveals this truth, which is a little bit of a harsh truth. Consumers don't care about us. They don't care about us. They don't care about our product. What they care about is solving their job to be done, finding a solution for the progress they're trying to make in their lives and in a particular circumstance. So unless we understand the circumstance the consumer is in, 
including their emotional and social context. We're not going to be able to create cultural events that appeal to them, and we're not going to be able to market effectively to them. We're not going to be able to signal to them that we get them, that we understand their world, and that we empathize with them. So why does that matter? Well, for-profit businesses have discovered that this idea has so much power. They've implemented this framework in their marketing and their product development with really impressive results. They have turned the lens away from themselves, away from their product, and they focus instead on the customer, on the customer's needs and how the product can transform the customer or the customer's life. Traditional arts marketing, as you know, I've talked about this before, does the opposite. Traditional arts marketing, for the most part, ignores the customer. And it's that egocentric approach that I talk about. Hair from Singers was no different. Like most classical music organizations, their website focused on themselves, as you can see on the homepage hero image, and on their product or their concert offerings with no mention of the customer or the customer's needs or the transformation that their product might provide. So the question that I brought to the Sarah from Singers board was this, what is a job to be done or a need shared by your neighbors that you are best positioned to solve? So if Seraphim had the resources for a comprehensive jobs to be done project, we would have then sat down with 30 to 50 recent customers and done extensive interviews with them to understand their functional, emotional, and social context that served to motivate them to purchase a concert ticket. But like many small arts organizations, this kind of in-depth work wasn't feasible. There was not the resources for this. However, what we could do was we could look at consumer trends. We could look at the needs that they saw in their community and in their own lives. And we looked at recent consumer research conducted by global companies like Deloitte and GWI and Accenture and others. And here's what we learned. Post-COVID consumers are prioritizing health and self-care. More consumers are beginning to realize the health benefits of mindfulness. Millennials are really worried about the world, but they're having a hard time recon reconciling their desire to make change with the demands of everyday life. A high percentage of Americans are lonely. Arts patrons are a lot more sad, a lot more angry, a lot more disconnected, and a lot more worried than before the pandemic. So we focused in on a few of these ideas. Uh, we identified the ideas that most resonated, the needs that Seraphim was best positioned to address as a vocal ensemble that performs sacred choral music. And the job to be done that we identified went something like this. When I'm overwhelmed by the stress of work and home life or burdened by the enormity of the need around me, help me find a way to unwind and regroup so that I can return to my community and have the energy to help make a difference. So that's the customer motivation. That's the deeper why that we're looking to target. And when we distilled that down into a short phrase that encapsulated the benefit that we felt Seraphim was best positioned to address, the transformation that Seraphim was best positioned to offer, we landed on space to breathe. So how does this resonate for you? 
when you read this short phrase, do you feel a, a shift, emotional or physical? Do you do you see how different that is from typical arts organization responses to coming back after the pandemic shutdown? Typical responses we see are welcome back or the maestro returns or rediscover the power of music, right? So space to breathe is a little bit more specific. It's, uh, it's an antidote to that pressing in of the world, the pressing in of COVID, of politics, of technology. And it kind of makes you sit up straighter and expand your ribcage a little bit, right? So for Seraphim, the answer to the question, how can we stand out in the crowded Boston music market is something that they did not expect. The answer is your market category is not choral music. It's not classical music and it's not even music. <laughs> your market category is your customer's job to be done, your customer's need for space to breathe. And so what are you offering? Are you offering art performed at the highest level? Well, yes, right? I mean, that's a given. We are already producing excellent art. But in order to create relevant doorways for outsiders into this world of sacred choral music, we need to be advertising the benefit, the transformation. You're going to be offering stillness, inspiration, a sacred space away from the noise of technology, of work, of life, of news, a deeper connection to oneself and to the universe, maybe even an invitation to process emotions, new perspectives and reinvigoration. So what is your competition? You are actually competing with churches, with yoga studios, with massage therapy, breath work, meditation, maybe even chocolate, right? That's your competition, not other choral ensembles, not other classical music ensembles. So now, instead of targeting the customers who know and love sacred choral music, which is a pretty small group of people, you are now targeting the customers in your community who need stillness and inspiration and space away from technology and recentering and reinvigoration. So now, now that we have this really powerful compass of a meaningful purpose of something you're offering to your community to help them make progress, now we take this compass and we filter every decision through these ideas, messaging, color palette, imagery. And so the messaging we landed on was space to breathe, music to recharge your inner world, inspiration to repair your outer world. And then we leaned in to how life can get overwhelming. Um, there's that customer struggle, right? And how Seraphim provides an experience that quiets the noise, speaks to the challenges we all face, and sows seeds for change in our world. There's that benefit, that transformation that we're trying to highlight instead of the product. We also wanted to differentiate Seraphim by highlighting the fact that we don't expect audiences to be insiders. 
we don't expect them to understand classical music or be familiar with it. Instead, we invite the outsiders to let the music still their mind and body, open their heart to new perspectives, let the music motivate them to join in a struggle for a better world, and then find themselves walking away, breathing more deeply, and re-energized to engage with their world. So how do we convey all of these ideas visually? What is that going to look like in real life? How do we provide for the viewer a sense of what it actually feels like to experience a Seraphim concert? We look at what we're promising and we think about what that evokes for us. So what outcome is promised? We're, we're promising you're going to transcend the everyday. You're going to breathe more deeply. You're going to slow down. You're going to unplug and regroup, be inspired, be reinvigorated. So what does that evoke? What does that look like? These are some of the words we came up with. Expansive, uncluttered, peaceful, quiet, sunlight, nature-inspired, and maybe a hint of the sacred or mystical. So we selected an inspiration photo that we felt encapsulated these ideas. And then we pulled our color palette from that photo. Now, choosing a hero image for the homepage of a website is probably one of the hardest tasks. The typical choice is a great photo of the ensemble or the conductor splashed across the homepage. But that is the egocentric approach. We need to turn the lens around so when the customer comes to the website, they see themselves. So we wanted that completely customer-centric focus. So we were looking for an image that either showed a customer or spoke to the transformation that the customer could expect to find at a Seraphim concert. So here's the image that we landed on in the end as a, as a group. Um, and what we see here is that sense of anticipation that one feels before an event or a concert, the sense of awe that you feel when you're in a large, beautiful, historic space, the feeling of space, of respite from the noise of the world, the craziness of parenting, the stress of work, the annoyance of technology. And then as we go through the rest of the homepage, we see how Seraphim is leaning into that messaging and also including testimonials, we call this social proof, testimonials from real customers who can vouch for that benefit that's been promised. And what's not here is a huge buy tickets now button or a big donate now button because we know that not all customers are ready to take that plunge. Many of them are just looking for a solution for their job to be done, which could be solved by any number of things, church, yoga, chocolate. And so a, a buy tickets now button or a donate now button can actually be a distraction and worse, a turnoff. What they want to know is what Seraphim is about, whether Seraphim understands them, whether Seraphim empathizes with their struggles and their needs. Okay, folks. That is it. That is the Seraphim Singers rebranding. Just a brief overview for you, but I hope it gives you a sense of how to make that shift, how to begin to make that shift from the traditional egocentric approach to something that is more customer centric and also a sense of how a meaningful purpose can become a really powerful compass, can really expand your market and expand your target audiences for you. So 
I encourage you to head on over to the actual website, which just went live about a week ago to get a sense for how Seraphim is leaning into that customer centric approach, as well as the different ways that they're innovating around that customer job to be done and how they're helping their customers get more value out of that experience and helping outsiders feel more welcome. So you can find the website at www.seraphimsingers.org. So thank you again for joining me today and enjoy the rest of your week. If you want more actionable ideas for growing your audiences by centering the customer, subscribe to the blog at cultureforhire.com. Be sure to click follow so you don't miss the next podcast episode and help others find their way to this podcast by leaving a rating or a review.